This is Superintendent Diego Ochoa, and I'm here with you all with the One SMFC podcast. Uh, you folks that are out there listening to our podcast, this is a podcast where we bring together teachers and parents and students, staff members, administrators, community members who are all affiliated with our district. And we sit down and we just talk about what's going on in our district. We try to um, give information. We try to share perspectives. Um, we usually try to have a pretty good time when we do it. Um, that's why I brought us in on one of my kids' personal favorites, Hakuna Matata, um, from The Lion King. And, and what we're here to talk about is actually something that it's innovative and it's new. And when you do something that's new, you figure out how to make the time for it. You figure out how to create the structure for it. You figure out who to put in place uh, in order to run it. And so I'm just really, really pleased to be joined by two of my colleagues here at the district office. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Stephanie, take it away. Hi, I'm Stephanie Gibson. I'm the coordinator of enrollment, and I'm overseeing the uh, pooled testing program. So technically, your title is enrollment. So how did you actually end up in this pooled testing environment? Well, we needed needed some district-level organization and... I know the schools, and I think it was a really good fit. Yeah, and I think you can also, she's she's holding back, you guys. What she really <laughs> wants to say is, Diego, you came to my office and, to- and told me <laughs> we need an administrator who can put everything else to the side and focus on this. Because, mm. you know, in our business, you have a lot of things that come up, and you're not really expecting them. You don't know that they're going to happen, and then you just react in the moment, and and actually, the other person that's joining us today is our new assistant superintendent, by the way. Congratulations, Dennis. Well, thank you very much. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you, Diego. I'm Dennis Hills, direct. oh, I almost said director of HR. You used to be no the longer. director. Um, <laughs> assistant superintendent of student services, and I'm thrilled to be working in that role, in that yeah. capacity. So yeah. thank you. And, you know, you were just named, was it a week and a half ago mm-hmm. or so? Correct. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited to have you there, and, and you're stepping into a department that I think for a lot of years it was kind of more quiet. You know, it was like we were doing some enrollment work, we were doing some preschool work, we were doing some tobacco prevention work, and then, you know, the student health work that was always there. But I don't think we all really understood what it was going to take to react to a pandemic like COVID-19. Talk a little bit about, from your perspectives as district administrators and just longtime educators, Mm -hmm. what's it been like to just experience this pandemic and, and, you know, what have you learned from this pandemic? Uh, What a great question. I think from my view, as someone who's been in this career for over 30 years, it certainly is um, unprecedented, right? Like, we didn't predict it happened. We thought sometimes in the beginning that it would be short term. That's not the case. But I think the end result for me is that I've learned that people have a lot of grit, right? That people pull together. We're a team. We're an excellent district. They go someplace deep to draw whatever they need, whether it's the enthusiasm or whether it's the toughness Mm -hmm. or whether it's the compassion for another person right oh i love that the compassion piece because that's really what this is about in the end right understanding that everybody's journey through this is different people taking care of people yeah and that's what we've got to do and that's what we're doing so yeah yeah. and then stephanie you've been in the enrollment um world but you also taught for the district right you taught yes it was history i was a social studies teacher at abbott middle school okay hey 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 yeah 
Go Falcons. Yeah. So what have you learned as an educator through this pandemic? Change and um, growth can happen that's tremendous and can happen in a short amount of time. The yeah. ability to adapt and respond to conditions as they are literally changing from day to day yeah. and finding and navigating the change and then implementing change for what's best for students. Well, and then, you know, because our job is very public, because so many um, people come into contact with our district, I think that five years ago there would have been sort of the mentality like, oh, schools never change, or oh, it's always the same thing. And and then <laughs> being an educator, I don't think we ever thought that. You know, I think we always saw ourselves as being more adaptable. But then this pandemic hits, and it's literally every single thing about our business changed. And, and, mm -hmm. and you know, we went through a process over the last 18 months to really refine our reaction times. And that's what pool testing is kind of all about. As a community, we are in a place where vaccination rates for those who are eligible is quite high. You know, we're ahead of a lot of other communities. As a school district, we have 11,000 kids in 21 schools. We've been open since the first day of school. That's an achievement. When we started to see that cases started to bubble up at schools, the principal of Foster City reached out and got in contact with the CEO of Virus Geeks, and we initiated testing at her school. I, I was there that night, and there were over 800 people that came through in one night with no promotion whatsoever other than an email from the principal. So that told me there's a tremendous desire for COVID testing. Within a couple of days, we had it hammered out where we started COVID testing at seven different schools spread out throughout the week. We're getting thousands and thousands of people tested every week, and that's adding a layer of mitigation. Then you go on to our campuses, these kids are wearing masks nearly all the time, if not all the time, even though it's technically not required out on those playgrounds. When I watch these kids eat, they pull their mask down, they take their bite. Many of them put those masks back up, and they're, they're in that state of mind where they're thinking about their health and they're thinking about transmission. We've got hand sanitizer all over the place and hand washing stations, and kids are washing their hands. So we're doing a lot to prevent the transmission of COVID. And, you know, as a district, we're sitting here looking at our data because, you know, as a district, we, we share the COVID numbers district-wide and we share the code numbers school by school every week. And not a lot of districts do that. So you start to see the cases build up that third week, 21 cases, and then it starts to come down again, 16 cases. And then last week, 12 cases, which is the lowest number of cases we've had since the beginning of school. So we're sitting here going, this is working. This is, we're making progress, but there's still that concern about asymptomatic kids being on campus because almost all of our cases have been asymptomatic students, and that's where pooled testing comes in. So a couple weeks ago, I walk into Stephanie's office and say, you got a minute, Stephanie? Yes, okay, well, let's come back and have this conversation about how your work for the next four months is gonna just change completely. <laughs> Talk a little bit about, uh, Stephanie, from your perspective, mm -hmm. sort of the steps that we took to reach out to Concentric and to develop this 
the general idea? Sort of talk about the first few days in the pool testing world. Certainly. Um, Concentric is working with California Department of Public Health. So Concentric is working with hundreds of districts throughout California, and they are in multiple states uh, providing pooled testing. They're like an approved vendor, an approved... Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it is... um, There's a lot of back-end work and a lot of chatting with Concentric and talking about, you know, how many sites we have and how many potential pools we have. As you know, pools are 5 to 25 individuals. Um you know, thinking about timing and, and thinking about, you know, logistics and traveling from one site to another. So there was a lot of conversation, a lot of uh, planning, uh, and a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of data collection, really. Yes. Yeah. And then, then of course, you and I start to work with Diego Perez, our communication specialist, on what it looks like when we explain pooled testing to families. And Talk a little bit about the the beautiful handout that you presented at our, our or that we presented at our board meeting a couple weeks back. That pool testing, sort of the, the description of it, and why we put some of the visuals in there that we put in there. Absolutely, it's available on our website. If anybody would like to check it out as a PDF, uh, it is the pool testing plan booklet, and it is it breaks it down step by step, piece by piece, what pool testing looks like in the classroom, why we're doing pool testing. Uh, And we also have some visuals uh, that just kind of are quick snapshots of what it looks like for a student to interact with um, the nasal swab. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And uh, then we also have uh, our contact information uh, on the back page if anyone wants to reach out with questions. And they can still do that now, right? They can still send us that email and get information from us. Yes. When we put this out, Dennis, you were still the director of HR. Talk about what pool testing means in terms of the employees in the district. What what's going on with our employees and how does that pertain to pool testing? Absolutely. So all employees will be part of the pool testing. You have to opt in, but we're requiring that they do so and they have a window of time to do that. We started pool testing this week and I was at one site on Monday morning and all but two staff had already opted in. That's great. So yeah, I think I think the feedback has been very, very positive from our employees. Um, they absolutely see the purpose and the reason to do this for the mm-hmm. mitigation. And, you know, and as we're saying and as we're messaging and as they're understanding it, it's really about supporting those that are not vaccinated. Yeah. Right. And, and so as we know, young kids are not vaccinated yet, young students. So. And some of our schools, they'll have 40, 50, 60 employees. Mm-hmm. And if there's that one that didn't opt in, we want them to call us. We want them to absolutely. email us. Right. We want them to get in touch with HR. Mm-hmm. You know, let's have that conversation. Let's find out what what the issue is. Right. So that what we can, can we do to help you? Exactly. To, to get through that it. compassion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because again, we're a district that's got 85% of our kids are not even eligible for vaccines yet. Mm-hmm. So that's where this pooled testing comes in. We put together a plan. We found the people to implement it. We circled back around to communicate with parents. We presented it to the board. And then September 20th, Monday hit. Talk to the public Stephanie, about what we learned that first day. What what surprised us? What didn't work? And then, you know, what what did we reflect on after that very first day? Yeah, certainly. It's uh, the first week is a week of learning. It's a week when one is implementing an, or an organization is implement, implementing a program like this. 
we have to do it. We have to jump in and do it and learn. And it may be a little bit bumpy and it may be a little bit rocky at the beginning. And those lessons yeah. are then applied for the future uh, testing weeks. So well, we definitely... Well, because we're, we're investing yeah. in a long-term process. Yes. So it's okay to start something new and mm-hmm. think that certain things are going to happen. And then when they don't happen, you go, okay, I can learn from that. I can I can plan for that for next week. So what were yeah. some of those hiccups? What were some of the things that happened? Yes. You know, there were... Um, some logistical challenges for the uh, first uh, testing staff, just, you know, kind of getting from one site to another and uh, uh, making sure, you know, we were hitting our scheduled times for each site. So, and like, if a team was supposed to be at, mm-hmm. at Laurel Elementary by 8 o'clock, but maybe their, their transportation didn't make it there yes. on time. So when they show up at 9.15, that actually affects their visit to Meadow Heights, as an example. That's not... A perfect example but it does push back what we were doing at Meadow Heights and and then when you start factoring in things like well elementary school kids go for music and go for PE and they have recess and so lunch yeah now, <laughs> now we're layering three calendars the PE calendar the lunch calendar the recess calendar on top of the testing calendar so those are some of the things that you mm-hmm. you found out mm-hmm. yes yeah. yes and then how, what would you say about how the schools were prepared? Because, you know, there was a, quite a bit of work that went into preparing principals and preparing staff. Talk a little bit about yeah. that. The schools were phenomenally prepared. Yay, give them a round of applause. They did. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're listening, employees, you were awesome. Uh-huh. You yeah. guys Absolutely. stepped it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, bring, it's the bringing together of those two pieces, the site-based preparation, getting you know, going into the system, seeing who has the consents, letting the concentric staff know, getting that on-site preparation ready so that when the concentric staff does come on-site and they bring their processes to conduct the pooled testing, everything just comes together right in that moment. Right. And uh, the, the schools were, were so prepped and had communicated to families and communicated with their teachers and let everybody know kind of in real time if there were changes and, and things that needed to maybe adapt. Um, and, and just really kudos to the school sites. That's right. And and based well on and based on the initial signups, it looks like we were having somewhere around close to 900 kids be signed up a day uh, in the district because the very first day we kind of put it out there was last Friday. We're sitting out here this Tuesday or this Thursday, and <laughs> we're at close to 6,000 yes. kids signed up for the program. So we're super excited about that. We think that each day we're going to hit a, a few more hundred kids throughout the district who sign up. What can parents do right now to actually sign up for this program? The link is available on the website, and it is uh, right there. Uh, there's also messaging that went out from uh, the principal to the families. Um, so it's as long as we have that consent in the system by Friday, um, this child can be included for the following week and all following weeks because consent is one time only. You do not have to consent for every single week. And the link is out there on our website. Um, and you can also just directly contact your school office. We also have paper copies as well for the consent form. That's awesome. So a parent could walk into the office, fill out the form, and give it back. Today, yeah. Parents, we're talking to you. <laughs> Let's not make this harder than it is. Walk into that office, fill out that form, and turn it in. Or send us that that sign-up via the Internet, right? Go mm-hmm. on to our district webpage. Do they click on Safe Return to Schools? Do they click on 
school, to, where do they actually click on our website? It's available in two areas. It's under the Safe Return to Schools and under the news items. Okay, great. So the news items kind of flash across the front of the screen, and then the Safe Return to Schools on the upper left-hand corner, it's like a blue logo. You click on it, and there should be the sign-up just listed right there. We've also, I think, sent it via email to families. Yes. Yeah, yes. so that check your emails as well. You know, one of the one of the goals for us is to initiate this testing so we find more students who may be asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody doesn't know they're sick, then there's not really a big incentive to go and get tested. They're they feel healthy, they feel fine. But they might give they might cause a transmission down the road because they didn't know that they were sick. They didn't know that they were positive for COVID. So what this is doing is this is finding students who are asymptomatic. And the irony is it's going to make our numbers go up. Right? Isn't that sort of, mm -hmm. isn't that sort of the interesting thing about this? But what, our, what the science tells us is that it actually reduces transmission because the student spends less time COVID positive in class and COVID positive in the community. When they finish their, their quarantine at home, they come back to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as a result of this, we have agreements in place with our teachers that ensure that kids who are home for COVID-related quarantine, they actually get daily check-in. They Absolutely. actually get an education mm -hmm. while they're home, right? And I think that's the important piece of looking at how we've tried to respond to the 360-degree aspect of COVID is that there's an, there's an element to it about the health and safety. Like, we want to really have good controls in place and really good strategies in place to keep hand sanitizer out there and to keep kids wearing their masks but also we want to make sure that educationally we have plans in place for when kids do go home and also we want our employees to be involved in this process Dennis talk about what you would see as a like a success in that November December time frame when by the way kids are going to start getting the flu and start getting colds because the temperature changes and you know, that sort of thing starts to happen. What do you see as like what the scenario will look like in the district pertaining to COVID, considering pooled testing, considering mm -hmm. strategies we have in place? What to you will, will sort of look like a success? Wow. Well, the first thing that came into my head is that everyone will be in the pooled testing pool. That's my first vision of huge like what, participation. Right? Right. Absolutely, all staff will be for sure. Yeah, that we can get all of our students engaged in this pool testing. I think yeah. that that number is already growing with with interest. Hundreds um, and hundreds. Yeah. Day. Yeah. So success by November will be, you know, and if you're looking at the rates in the county and California is doing really well right now, knock wood. But um, success really is about. As that you was said, me knocking right? wood, not somebody <laughs> trying to enter the podcast room. Yeah. Is that, you know, we want yeah. kids to be safe and healthy. And if yeah. we can, as you said, Diego, get in front of students who are asymptomatic, they will not be spreading the virus because they've been identified. And to me, this the sign of success would be that by November we have, you know, we've gone through this little sort of period of uptick, but it's going to come back down. And November we're going to be flat. This is my hope. Yeah. And that we won't be even having this conversation to this yeah. degree. Yeah, um, yeah, so. and and don't forget we have a week off in October. Correct. <laughs> so then there might be an uptick right. again. Well, that's what we're learning. That's what we're okay. learning is when the yeah. vacation days start showing mm -hmm. up, we do see an increase in cases. Yeah, and that I think is another huge benefit of the pool testing. So, 
Stephanie, we come back to school next Monday. What's going to be different regarding the staffing? Because you, you talked about there were some gaps in terms of like, you know, the timing wasn't fitting. What's changing for week two with pool testing? Absolutely. For week two, each site will have a dedicated testing team. Uh, last This past week, uh, testing teams were assigned to multiple sites, and that can have a ripple effect of things, you know, things need more time. So we'll definitely have uh, each site will have their own uh, team that is completely dedicated to that site. So they're not switching. They are not needing to change. They do not need to change sites. That's awesome. And that's a huge, that's a huge improvement. It is. And it, it's fantastic um, that that can happen already in week two, that yep. we can make that adjustment after just having had three days of pull testing yeah. and that the concentric is doing that. That's right. That's right. And then at the end of the week, we calculate our data. Diego Perez with uh, the communications department, he'll put out our new poster showing how many cases there are in the week. So we'll be able to actually calculate how big that growth was as a result of pool testing. And then we're sitting at just under 6,000 kids right now. Hopefully this time next week, we're talking about seven or 8,000. And then each week we just keep chipping away and getting more and more, more families to sign their kids up for pool testing. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that and have the evening testing going on, because I want the families out there to know we've extended that testing in the evenings with uh, virus geeks all the way through the end of October. Um, And we'll just continue extending it as long as we need it and as long as virus geeks is willing to partner with us. I think all those things add up to a safe and healthy return to school. It's a cool thing. It is a very cool thing, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, folks... I could sit here with you all night and just talk and talk and talk, but we want to go ahead and stop this recording so we can get it out to these families. The plan is to push this out um, immediately to get this out to families because we really want to give that update. We want to give that that knowledge, share that information with the families to really encourage more signups and and to celebrate the things that we learned from the first round of pool testing and then where we're headed um, as the weeks continue to pass here throughout the school year. So for that... Our coordinator of enrollment, Stephanie Gibson, thank you so much. You've done an awesome job with this program. Our new assistant superintendent of student services, Dennis Hills, thank you so much for joining us today. And, and um, I'm going to send you all out the way I brought you in. Thank you.